Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Facebook. Today's Friday, December 18th. COVID hospitalizations are up, Bitcoin is down just a little, and we're focused on the partial fall of an online empire. If you look at the top 10 most visited websites in America, you'll mostly see names you expect, Google, Amazon, etc. But also sitting there, nestled among the Twitters and the Yahoos, is Pornhub, the world's top site for adult videos. Well, at least that's what it's supposed to be. Unfortunately, Pornhub has also featured videos of minors and of non-consensual sexual violence. That's what caught the attention recently of New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof, who published a detailed investigation of Pornhub's illicit and inarguably immoral content, including interviews with people who had tried but failed to get videos of themselves removed. The blowback was swift. Within days, Visa and MasterCard both said they'd stop processing memberships for the site, although their credit cards can still be used to buy ads there. Pornhub said it will going forward only allow verified videos to appear, and then it scrubbed its archives, resulting in the removal of more than 75% of its content. Pornhub also stopped letting users download videos, which will help prevent redistribution of problematic material. Congress, it too is getting involved, proposing bills to let sites like Pornhub be sued for hosting rape content, something that could become folded into broader discussions of Section 230 liability protections. In short, an industry's days of self-policing without scrutiny are over. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with The New York Times' Nicholas Kristof. But first, this. We're joined now by New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof. And for the audience, I just want to quickly note that this conversation will include some descriptions of assault that you may find disturbing. So, Nick, to start, why did you decide to write this piece in the first place? I had heard periodically about a lot of underage imagery on Pornhub, but didn't really know what to think. And then went and browsed the site and, you know, and kind of looked for problems. And some of the first stuff I saw was videos of unconscious, uh, very young women who were completely unresponsive and were being raped. And the rapist was touching their eyeballs to show that they were completely unconscious. And, you know, I, I think I was a little bit wary of, you know, doing something because I, you know, I don't want to come across as a scold and my target isn't porn as such. But when you have women who've been raped and then those rape videos are placed on Pornhub for them to be, you know, shamed for the rest of their lives, or when you have kids who were trafficked and those rape videos are placed on, you know, a major international site, then it seems time to, to do something. From your perspective, let's fast forward a little bit. You know, Pornhub has now pulled, to be honest, a majority of the content off of its site, at least for now. I think Motherboard said they had 13 and a half million videos. Previously, it's now down to under 3 million. Do you believe that that decision is tied as much to your story or really the consequence of your story, which was Visa and MasterCard no longer doing business with the site? You know, it's hard to disentangle, but yeah, I don't think they probably would have done that if it hadn't been for the financial concerns about uh, MasterCard and Visa. You know, I remember one of your colleagues, Andrew Ross Sorkin, a couple of years ago, talking about how on the gun issue specifically, that if you really wanted to impact the gun sales and ammunition sales in the U.S., it's not the retailers, it's not the manufacturers, it's the payment companies. It's Visa and MasterCard. Is that the same here? Are they really the linchpin to kind of the online illegal porn business? 
So I think that, you know, companies care about all kinds of things, including their images. And it's not just companies. So most I write an awful lot about international affairs. And one of the things we've seen is that if you want to get leverage over a country like Iran, then you get it through financial sanctions and, uh, you know, severing their contacts with the banking system. And so in many ways, I think you get similar leverage over a company like Pornhub or its, its holding company, MindGeek, through similar financial sanctions by interrupting their ability to monetize uh, and, uh, you know, rape videos in this case and return an income to shareholders. You mentioned MindGeek. They own sites other than Pornhub. To your knowledge, are they doing a similar scrub with their other sites? Yes, they seem to be doing this on all their sites. And likewise, the credit card companies seem to be addressing, uh, cutting off direct support to these other sites. But there's also actually a misperception that the credit card companies are cutting off all ties to MindGeek. And, you know, it is no longer possible to buy a premium membership on, say, Pornhub with your credit card. It is still possible to buy advertising on Pornhub or on other MindGeek sites. And so the business model of these companies does continue, but it is impaired. You mentioned uh, in your story and in your follow-up story how there are other sites that arguably have more of this sort of content even than Pornhub had. Have you seen or folks you've talked to, is there any sort of scrubbing activity going on with them? And also, has there been Visa, MasterCard or other payment actions taken against other similar sites? There has been much less scrutiny of these other sites and X videos and XNXX.com are the are really the two big ones owned by this European company. And I'd say there hasn't been much change so far, but I did notice that I'd mentioned in a column that X videos, if you search middle school, then it then recommends elementary school. And I checked yesterday and that's no longer the case. And there were some searches that had been disabled on X videos. So some progress at the margin. So sunlight's obviously the best, it seems to be the best disinfectant. That seems to be what you've proven over the last couple of weeks. But there is also potential for legislative fixes. Can you talk about what's out there in Congress or being talked about in Congress right now? And do you think what's being proposed would be impactful? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of kinds of legislative remedies. So one is providing accountability through the through civil liability, allowing lawsuits by victims. And in the U.S., that means addressing Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. In other countries, it simply means making it a little bit easier for uh, people who've been victimized to recover damages from companies like Pornhub. I think that that helps a lot. I think that, you know, when companies have impunity, whether it's porn companies or whether it's drug companies, then, you know, they behave badly. And uh, that's why we have a liability system. Then the other kind of legislative remedy involves um, essentially greater regulation, limiting their capacity to post videos without knowing who is posting them, limiting downloads, this kind of thing. And there are two bipartisan bills that have been introduced in the Senate to try to provide those remedies. So on the Section 230 thing, when I read your initial story, it seemed one of the issues wasn't just that people were uploading problematic content to Pornhub, but that Pornhub was turning a blind eye to it. So is this as much about Section 230 and social media platforms, or is it really about a bad actor? Yeah. So you can argue that Section 230, the way it currently stands, is enough to, um, you know, that it does not protect companies like Pornhub. And indeed, there was a lawsuit, uh, you know, that is already actually there are two lawsuits that are already underway against Pornhub, one involving women at a um, at a college uh, athletic team who were 
secretly filmed in changing and showering in a locker room. Uh, that went on Pornhub and they have sued the company. And then a number of other women who were in traffic through girls do porn, uh, they have also now sued. And so we'll see whether Section 230, as it currently stands, does protect uh, the company. There is a view among some lawyers that it could be further tweaked to, you know, while keeping Section 230 as a whole to facilitate such suits and accountability. How much of this just becomes a whack-a-mole problem? In other words, even if Pornhub were to disappear tomorrow, just go out of business and those other two sites you mentioned, just go off the internet altogether. Porn isn't hard to find online. And certainly porn that is hosted in servers outside the U.S. is not hard to find. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a real issue. And uh, I think it's particularly important vis-a-vis X videos and XNX.com. And it's also just sort of unfair to go after only one competitor. The, the way you get results is to go after a sector, not just one company in that. And, um, you know, I think that is feasible, though. My, you know, my sense of the business model of these companies is that they frankly don't make a ton of money off of uh, videos of unconscious women being raped or of, you know, 13 year old girls being being raped. And that most of the content on these sites does involve consenting adults. And uh, so if they try rather hard, you know, I think if they do what Pornhub is now belatedly doing, then they still have a pretty good business model that can continue. Last thing, is there going to be a third story you've written too? Is there a follow up coming at some point or you moved on? We'll see. Um, I'm I'm you know, I'm continuing to research. I'm certainly interested in X videos and uh, the company that owns it, WGCZ Holdings. Um, So we'll see. Nicholas Kristoff, thank you for taking the time. Hey, great to be with you, Dan. Welcome back. What we're watching today is DJI, one of the world's most popular makers of consumer drones. Not just because my daughter wants a drone for Christmas, which she does, but because the U.S. Commerce Department just put China-based DJI on a list of companies that it says poses a national security risk. The result is that U.S. companies will no longer be allowed to export technologies to the drone maker which could cause us some major problems, particularly if it relies on important components from Silicon Valley. No word yet on if the incoming Biden administration plans to keep this new ban in place. Today, we're also watching Angus King, the independent senator from Maine, who's asking all of the big streaming companies, Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., to make their content free for the next couple weeks as a way to encourage people to stay at home rather than risk spreading COVID-19 at holiday gatherings. It doesn't seem the streamers are taking Senator King up on his suggestion, though, of what one of my producers called antisocial socialism. And finally, you can blow up Trump Plaza Atlantic City. Literally. The hotel and casino folded for good several years ago, and now the city is auctioning off the right to press the button on its demolition, with proceeds to benefit the local Boys and Girls Club. At last check, the high bid was $53,500. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national ugly Christmas sweater day. And dad, happy birthday. We'll be back Monday with another Axios recap.